Wow, dude, this this episode is about nothing. Your friend in the corner there, Kevy? No. Yes, Kevy Mental. Hola. Hola, bonjour. How are you? Hey, hey. It's uh, it's your friend Kevy. I'm back. It's been a little while. First of all, accept my sincere apologies. Okay, we just finished a new Fake Shark album. Finished this uh, this great band Fion's album I've been producing, and of course all the comedy stuff. But you know what? Maybe, maybe my absent has made your hearts grow fonder. You know, maybe you realized that. In my absence, there are some things you need to learn how to do on your own, you know? It's like how I had a very neglectful father, and because of that, I'm great at drawing. How does that help me nowadays? Doesn't. Doesn't. I don't draw. I don't really draw now. But you know what? That's okay. I'm very obsessive. So when I was like, you know, 9, 10, I drew pictures all the time, and then I discovered... uh, then I discovered basketball, and then I that was all I did, and I stopped drawing, and then I discovered rock and roll band music, and then that's what I did, and I stopped playing basketball. And so I'm a very I'm a very focused on one thing at a time person. I'm trying to use it to my advantage though, you know. <clears throat> like I'm so easily swayed just by what I'm looking at in some ways. Like, if I watch, I watched the Wu-Tang documentary of Mikes and Men, and I thought, I should do more hip-hop stuff. And then I watched that Foo Fighters documentary on the making of their latest album. I'm not even a big Foo Fighters guy, and I was like, oh, I should should play guitar more. So basically, I'm trying to utilize my weird ADHD obsessive compulsive behavior to, to, like, benefit myself. So, like, this morning when I woke up, I watched people lifting weights and it made me want to go lift weights so i did and then i while i was at the gym i was listening to this uh these special doctors talk about intermittent fasting and i was like my meals who needs them and i haven't eaten yet still and then now i'm gonna watch it like a documentary on on some kind of like producer stuff and then i'll probably want to make music i'm just very easily manipulated is basically what it is in the wrong hands, that could be a horrible thing for me, but you're good people, right? That Wu-Tang documentary is so cool, though. It's brilliant. It's like, I think it's made by the same people that made the Defiant ones, that Inter- Interscope one, not about um, Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre, which you haven't, if you haven't seen it, you should. But the Wu-Tang one, um, I have Crave. I'm Canadian, uh, so we use Crave. I think it's on... Showtime, though? Is that, a, is that a channel? just sounds like a Lakers reference. But it's like a four-part four miniseries, and um, it shows the beginning of Wu-Tang coming together and like how it was like RZA, who, who he, he produced everything, kind of conceptualized the whole group. He, his, his brother, Jizza, had like a record deal with Tommy Boy when he was like a teenager. And then their cousin is Old Dirty Bastard, and so... The three of them would do music together, and then Tommy Boy were just kind of like interested in like New Jack Swing type music, so like, you know, Boys to Men and stuff. And so that deal kind of fizzled out because his music wasn't really effective, but you could kind of hear the beginnings of like 
what Wu-Tang would end up being. Like, he sounded good on the mic, and then Riz's production was, like, a little bit too interesting for what was happening in the genre, I guess. Not to say New Jack Swing isn't interesting, because it really is, I think. But um, you could tell it was just, like, a little bit too weird for the mainstream at the time. And so, so when that fizzled out, RZA had this idea to, like, put together all the best New York rappers he knew in one super group and then his idea was that it would be the first time all the major labels would have to work with each other because each rapper would have a non-exclusive agreement with Loud Records which was the label that signed Wu-Tang and so every rapper in Wu-Tang would have their own record deal with a different major label and they'd all have to work together and that's exactly what happened and that's fucking crazy. Like, it worked out exactly how he hoped. It's like he put together a plan, he was poor, he was in a horrible situation, and it worked out for him and other all doing well, except except ODB, who obviously has passed away. But he's fucking interesting, man, ODB. He was like, he seemed like some sort of like insane crackhead, and then he had these sort of like flashes of of brilliance and sort of like he was like a a hero in some ways like there's that famous mtv clip of him taking a limo to pick up his welfare check and then he was on the run from the police because they said he brandished a weapon and he says he didn't so he was like on the run but he was just randomly showing up at like wu-tang shows and performing and then being like i gotta get out of here the cops are after me and then he'd run away and then not get caught while he was on the run from the police, he witnessed a car accident where a little girl got trapped in a car and he lifted the car off, to, off her and saved her. And then and then he was like, I gotta get out of here, the cops are after me. And then he would like sporadically visit her in the hospital. So crazy. So insane. What an interesting person. You know. But it's it was sad because it showed interviews with his mom and she was like, she was like, yeah, when he died, like, I didn't even cry because it was like a relief that he couldn't struggle or be in pain anymore. And it made me cry. <sighs> but it's really good. It's really interesting. It's inspiring. And of course, I watched it and then I wanted to rap. Mm-hmm. The Foo Fighters one is good too. It's like, it's interesting to see a guy who was in the biggest rock band at the time, genre changing, changed music, singer dies, and then and then it's like, what do you do then, you know? And so when he started, he it, he took like a year off, and then he got asked to um, tour as Tom Petty's drummer, and so he did. I'm talking about Dave Grohl here. He he played on SNL for Tom Petty, and he was like, see, he seemed like he was like way too punk rock for them but they wanted him to be the drummer but he had written this album's worth of material which ended up being the first Foo Fighters record which is a very good album and he had to like make a choice like do I join Tom Petty and have this like sort of consistent well-paying gig or do I make my own artistic project a reality and and so he had made this cassette and it was called I remember it, it was called the stopwatch cassette and it and he it, nowhere on it could you see that he was in Nirvana. He was trying to like not do that, 
And then Mike Watt from a punk rock band called The Minutemen was like, hey, you should come play with me and my band. I'm going to go on tour. And he was like, sure, I'll do it, but only if my new band can open, which is Foo Fighters. And then Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam had a, a band called Hovercraft and that he wanted, he wanted to do the same thing. So Mike Watt's band was like, Dave Grohl and Eddie Vedder for that one tour and then their projects were opening, which is so weird. Yeah, so you should watch that too if you like. They've just, they've been, Foo Fighters have been around forever. Like, it's so, it's so, like, I'm a person who likes to do a lot of different projects and he, he really does do a lot of different things all, like, he was like, playing with tenacious d he was in queens of the stone age he was in nirvana obviously he like will session drum randomly with different people like i think he was playing with dead mouse for a second he had that he had that project called probot which is like every song was a like a love letter to a different metal band he loved so there was like a sepultura type song and then there was a king diamond song and he got those singers on the album it was cool i forgot about that I think I think like I like seeing people do things like that because I do so many different things so it's like I'm qualifying my own behavior or something. It's like, oh, I'm not so bad. I'm not so bad. Mike Patton has like 20 bands. I also think if I slow down and and not work on something all like I work on something all the time. I think if I don't, I will lose my mind tell that to your therapist i should probably i don't know how to relax i don't i really don't know how to i sent i sent my girlfriend a picture of of the other day and it was like me relaxing and i a, a movie was on and, and i was reading a book at the same time i was watching a movie and reading a book so even if i'm relaxing i'm still multitasking and that's uh that's the only way i'm happy i guess i guess uh i don't know is there anything wrong with that probably Maybe. Fuck you for judging me. Just kidding. I love you. Watching that Foo Fighters documentary was making me think about when uh, when I was a little kid for some reason. And um, I remember I went to my friend Mark's house and we were on we were on our way to his house and his mom fucking picked us up and was driving us there. And uh, I was just trying to make my friends laugh. And I was like, sometimes when I wake up and it's like, I don't even remember what I look like. And then his mom fucking roasted me for the rest of the trip about how stupid i am and it it occurred to me it so wasn't worth it i was just trying to say something dumb to make my friends laugh and then mark's mom annihilated me all the way to all the way to their house and then i remember we got got to the house and he had a pool which i thought was super awesome i always wanted a pool never had one i also always wanted reebok, reebok pumps never had them until i was old enough to buy them myself then i bought them myself got them for myself anyway we went in the pool and I remember Mark's little brother climbed out of the pool, talked some shit to us, and Mark hit him with a football. And then he he climbed back in the pool and cried. And I love that. I think that's beautiful. That is sibling rivalry. That is how things should be dealt with. Just sports-based violence and only brothers amongst brothers. You know? I remember he... Uh, also, one time we were there, and he, uh, Mark's little brother, for some reason, threw open an ice, an ice tray, and 
his mom put it in the freezer. Why? Why? Why did that happen? So many questions. It's, I think I'm remembering it wrong because it's so weird. You, you ever do that? You ever feel like you like remember something incorrectly? It's in there though. It's vivid. You know, I remember um, that was where that trip was when I started listening to metal because he was, he was really into corn. And that was when I was like, okay. And like I said, I can only be into one thing at a time. So I heard corn and then I was like, done with rap music forever. And then I super, got super into corn and all the bands that they liked. And then, and they were friends with like Deftones and stuff. And then Slipknot came around and then that's all I liked. And then because of Slipknot, I got into like Dillinger, Dillinger Escape Plan and like all this grindcore stuff. And, and, and it just, the more extreme, the better. It's almost like it didn't even matter how good the music was. It's just as long as it was really crazy. That's all I cared about. And then I got into punk rock from that, and that was all I liked, and I just ignored all the stuff I liked before that and just went through phases, and my look changed every year drastically, and here we are. Here we are. That's funny how, how like, insecure I was, and I think most teenagers were, where it's like, you feel like, you feel like you need to have, like, check, check it out, I'm goth now. And it's like, you you came back from summer holidays, and now it's like, it's like you were wearing like cargo shorts on the last day of school last year, and then you come back and you you now you're in bondage pants. It's like this is the re- this has always been the real me forever. I just figured it out over the summer at summer camp because I wasn't into that. I actually, I actually did shit like that though. Like definitely, if everyone's swimming. I'm inside looking looking out the window. Not participating. We've been through this before, Kevy. Say something new. Yeah. I did that though. I remember I went one of my first concerts was I went and saw Slipknot and I shaved my head bald and I was in the front row. And I was I was sloving it and the the clown guy jumped down and he he went to like hand people in the crowd drumsticks and I got one, but I touched his mask and security guard, security guard uh, punched me in the chest. And then my friends were like, that was awesome. I, it's, it shocked me though. That guy hit me really hard and I was, I was actually trying to pet him on, pat him on the head. Like, like you would like a chihuahua, you know, just in, in a supportive manner. But instead that security guard, popped me in the chest winded me winded me also another time me and some friends were in the front row of a deftones concert i always had to be against the barricade and we were loving it and we were up front and then everyone's pushing on me and we were loving it fun pushing me and then we all fell over the barricade fell over and everyone landed on me and my sternum's clicked ever since true story so when the Deftones came out, we were just right against the stage, and I remember I kept touching his shoe. There I was, I was just touching his etnies, his his shoes, skate shoes. That was when metal guys always wore, like, skate shoes. That fucking hurt, dude. I used to get hurt at concerts all the time. I remember I went and saw Slayer when I was a teenager, too. And uh, I was getting, I was in the front again. I was getting my ass kicked by these skinhead guys, 
and uh and then i was like nope can't i can't handle this anymore and so i tried to climb out and then security thought i was trying to get on stage so they started whooping my ass and then my shoe flew on stage so i never i didn't have a shoe for the rest of that concert and then I remember I had to take the bus home in one shoe. And I remember a guy in the bus was like, another concert casualty about me. I really sounded like Keanu Reeves there. When I was a little kid, people called me Keanu Kevy. And so that to this day, if people say he sucks at acting, it hurts my feelings. And I stick up for him. I don't think he needs my help, though. Um, I just saw him in a movie, and he was really funny. It, he was like playing himself as like a douchebag. I forget what it was called, but it was it starred Ali Wong, and it was like a rom com, but with Asian people. And as a quarter Asian, it's nice to see myself one quarter represented finally in the rom com department. Can't remember what it was called though. It was one of those things Netflix forces down your fucking throat every time you turn it on. Netflix algorithms are real powerful, I think. You know, and I also think they're not quality based. And my girlfriend pointed out that every Netflix show has the same feel about it. You know, like I like you, but you and that new Christina Applegate show feel like the same TV show, even though it's two different shows. Like they were birthed from the same mom. They have this, it's like they all have the same DOP. Like whoever, maybe maybe Johnny, maybe Paul Netflix himself greenlights TV shows as long as he can be the cameraman. So he's just ensuring himself a gig. He's like RZA. He's like, I'm going to get all y'all signed, but I get to produce y'all's records. That's like Paul Netflix. So it's just a good, it's a good racket. He must, he probably hates John Crave. Crave, I think, is kind of better in a way because it's just TV shows. Anyone who's American listening doesn't even know what I'm talking about, but it's like Hulu. But Hulu's better than Crave. Are, are you glad I'm running this down for you? Are you glad to have my opinion about the different streaming services? Wow, dude, this, this episode is about nothing. I went from having my two best episodes to this. I... I got to get some guests on here. Jen and Sylvia said they'd come back. I want to do that. I want to have my friend Jason from the band Actors on. He's interesting and he's funny and his band's good. Um, who else should I have on here, actually? Who would be good? You you tell me, okay? You suggest people. I really want to have Henry Rollins on. He likes my band, so I feel like that's possible. Um... I really want to have, uh, there's, I have so many heroes. I remember one time a friend of mine, she told me that her therapist told her she needs heroes and she was like, who would have a hero? And I have like so many heroes. I like, I'm, I, I'm such a like fanboy. you know, like I feel like only I am like fan of head writers on like I'm a, I'm a huge fan of like Chris Rock's Ghostwriter. That's what kind of dork you're listening to right now. But it's good to be passionate. It's good to be passionate. This has been 
this is I, I'm actually impressed that this episode is going this way. I'm just I've just been sitting here by myself just talking. I had no plan. And I think it was probably kind of entertaining. I, I did I barely talked about music. I mean, that's the point, isn't it? My point of this show is I wanted to uh, t- talk to people a little bit about their interests, and I do music professionally, and so I thought that would be good And as a jumping-off point, and here we go. Here we go. That's enough of this episode. I'm sorry about this. I'm going to have a good guest on next week. I've, I I promise. Anyway, th- this has been good. Let's listen to some Wu-Tang. Bye. So we blast them, all right. Well, okay. Well, if you like the way you sound, then clap, man. And if the woman of the two would then raise your hands. But only raise your hands if you're sure. Hope niggas shatter like a glass jaw. Break. My rhyme gross weight via two combination. Was too heavy for the Chevys that's chased out the station. Double edge was the guillotine that beheaded and gassed up. Fucking with some regular unleaded shit. Heads roll on hillsides behind ropes that bind in. X marks the spot on the scope. Heavily armed military is necessary, it's a gamble. MCs bet they best at every. Powerful, terrible, really smite harm. If tampered with, set off and strike like pipe bombs. Flashbacks to the duel of the Iron Mike. Look out for these fatal.